0: Welcome to Faith Community Church of Indianapolis. We pray that you are blessed by this message from Pastor John Roberts. To learn more about Faith Community Church, please visit us at FCCIndianapolis.com. This is Ephesians 1.1. said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus... Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We'll just stop there. Um, we've already looked, first 1, Paul puts, and in this, the principle works for all of us. He, he's an apostle by the will of God. Um, really, when you come down to it, everything that we're doing as Christians is by the will of God. If, God, if it wasn't God's idea to begin with, we probably shouldn't be involved in it. Because he has, uh, I mean, he just. we just read it there at the end of verse 5, or the beginning of verse 5. He's predestined us. Now, that's, I've heard a lot of strange teaching on predestination. Predestination does not mean, and I've heard this preached, that there are some people who are going to get saved. God picks those he's going to save. God picks those that are going to hell. And if he picks you to go to heaven, you can't resist his grace. And if he's picked picked you to go to hell, there's nothing you can do to avoid hell. Well, no. I, that just totally does away with free will. And I don't... That I, I just looking at this that's not what he's talking the predestination here means um and it's interesting the greek word there it's and i'm horrible at pronouncing greek or hebrew hebrew worse than greek but it's um it's made up of two greek words pro which means before and the greek word uh, for destiny is horizo which is where we get our english word for horizon so basically what it's really talking about is he's he's showing and and by horizon it really means limit so he's saying he's preset the limits that mankind can exist in but the, where he's set this and what, his, what he's predestined us for is adoption. He's made, made um, opportunity for everyone to get saved. Where, where the rub comes is our free will. Do we accept that or do we not? Paul did. We have. <clears throat> Once you have accepted that, then you're in the will of God as a christian and he, this letter is to us the last part of verse one to the saints in ephesus and the faithful in christ jesus if we are in christ we are faithful and then he says grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ it all comes by god's grace and basically god's grace means god's peace he's not mad at you i had a situation today where I had an encounter with with someone and and I just I had a lot to do I needed to take care of business and then I needed to go because I wasn't ready for tonight and I was running out of time and the person wanted to talk and I just finally had to say look I just don't have time I have to go and I got six phone calls six tech or six voicemails within the next hour Uh, and it was a, it's an elderly person, and like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you mad. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> and I, finally, I, I, I just didn't have time to answer because I had to, I had to do my preparation. But they were really concerned because they thought I was angry. And I wasn't angry. I was just pressed for time, and I didn't have time to deal with socializing and i I got it straight later you know with them but for a lot of people that's that's a huge problem because they they live their lives thinking god's mad at you i've described it in my own life i always felt if you've ever you all are old enough to remember um arcades back before everybody had you know six game uh, consoles in their house but you used to have um the big game whack-a-mole where you had nine little holes and you had a mallet and that mole would poke its head up and you had to whack it. Well, I felt like that was my relationship with God. I was the mole and every time I poked my head up, God whacked me. Well, that that kept me out of a relationship with him. I was saved, but we weren't real happy with each other. Um, And it wasn't until I figured out and, and I figured it out when I finally had enough sense and somebody finally sat me down and said, this is what the word says. Then I knew, oh, God's not mad at me. Wow. OK, that makes a little bit of a difference. And and that is the key. The last couple of times we've met, we've gone into the blessings that verse three talks about. First of all, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning God not only is a blesser, but he himself is blessed. It's everything he about him is blessed. Um, Not in the sense that there is someone greater than him that's pouring blessings on him. But he's just that's his nature is to be blessed. And because of that, I love this he has it says who has blessed us but that's a past tense he has blessed us with every or all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in christ and it's i i see three things here really well first of all when it comes to him blessing us and i touched on this last time psalm 68 19 says blessed be the lord who daily loads us with benefits the god of our salvation it's a daily thing he just you know and as a grandfather i understand this more i i wanted to bless my kids when i was raising them but i also had the responsibility to set limits and let them know and sometimes it, it's in fact i read a whole article by some psychologist he deals with millennials all the time at colleges and his prescription for the whole problem with millennials uh, well his diagnosis first of all is they've just been given everything their whole life and if you want to raise kids that aren't like the millennials today You have to find ways to just say, no, you can't have this because that's life. I mean, I have a nice car, but I'd like a new car. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what you have, you're always going to want something else. But there are limits to what you can have, but there are no limits to what God has blessed us. Now, with my grandkids, I don't have the responsibility to discipline them. My only responsibility is just bless their socks off. And of course, I've got limits there too, because you, you know, you run out of money. I don't have Bill Gates' bank account. If I did, I would probably. Well, I definitely would bless them more than I have. But still, I would probably have to put there, I would realize that there needed to be limits. But God is blessing us with spiritual blessings, and there's no limit to what he will do. No limit at all. He has given us all spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing. First of all, there's spiritual in the sense that not as opposed to physical. Because I've heard a lot of people say, well, yeah, God's given us spiritual blessings. But that doesn't mean he's going to bless you with money or bless you with health or bless you with favor. Well, it's not spiritual as in the sense that we're going to get this in the um, sweet by and by. Right? There, there's an old, old hymn. Well, that's the title in the sweet by and by you know and it's i grew up with it and it's just so full of unbelief it puts off everything till you get to heaven well god wants us to have these blessings now but they're spiritual in the sense that they're produced and they're given by the holy spirit and the the, the if they're if they're produced by the holy spirit and they're given by the holy spirit since we've already been given them, we have a right to them. I look at it in the sense that if I look at it, compare it to my checkbook, God has filled my bank account in heaven and I've got all of these additions there. I've got all of these pluses in my column. They're all mine. But to get the Holy Spirit to produce them in my life takes faith. Now, part of that, and I, we're gonna we're gonna see this uh, when we get to verse uh, four. But part of that is I have to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I look at it this way, and I'm, I'm I've. You ever been on just on the edge of a revelation and you can you can start to see the light and you know there's something there, but you ju- it's just not quite clear. That's kind of how I am. That's why I'm a little hesitant to share this yet, because I'm I don't f- fully grasp it yet. But I saw a comparison. We are we have been adopted. We are sons of God. God has we're regenerated our spirits are one with god the holy spirit is is um is one with us but i look at that in the same light as jesus when jesus was born he was the second person of the godhead there was he had a body he had a human spirit but also the, the 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 spirit of god the second person of the Godhead, was there united with that human spirit. Yet, he did no works. And the Gospels say that the very first miracle he ever performed was turning the water into, the wine, into wine at the marriage of Cana. That was after John the Baptist baptized him now, it wasn't baptism for regeneration, because he'd never sinned. But it was baptism to mark the beginning of his ministry. Once he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he now took on the, Holy, the mantle of the Holy Spirit to, do, to live the life of ministry. Well, I look at these spiritual blessings... Not just as, they're, they're part of our ministry. In 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. God looks at us and he sees Jesus. Because he didn't look at us as our outward Parts. well in the same way that jesus had to be baptized in the holy spirit to do ministry because he didn't do anything as in his own right as a second person of the godhead he did it as a man baptized in the spirit as an example for us in that same way we can be born of the spirit but not have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and not know the Word, because everything Jesus did, he did from a knowledge of the Word, the Old Testament, plus the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. Well, I know from from just experience, the easiest way to hear from the Holy Spirit and the best way that I know to receive from the Holy Spirit, twofold. First, I have to have a knowledge of the Word, Because God will always speak through his word. But then to receive, uh, um, to hear that voice of the Spirit, I always am more attuned during or right after worship. Now, by that I don't just mean setting aside time to sing and praise God. That's great, and that is an act of worship. But I love Barclay. He... um, well, I love his translation. <clears throat> British theologian back in um early part of the 20th century. he was. He turned out to, at the end of his ministry, he became a universalist, which basically he just believes everybody's going to get saved no matter what they do. God's even going to bring the devil back into fellowship with him, which I don't believe. I don't think the Bible teaches that. But despite that, he has a great translation i love his translation but he translates uh, romans 12 1 and 2 this is it in the king james he says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable acceptable to god which is your reasonable service barclays translates that first verse he says brothers i call upon you by the mercies of God, to present your bodies to him, a living, consecrated sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, for that is the only kind of worship which is truly spiritual. So what I see from Barclay's translation, and I see it here, I've even got a little note, a little star next to reasonable service, where with, it has an alternate translation that says a service of worship a sanctified and transformed life and lifestyle can be an act of worship that's why i've said it many times from the pulpit it's if you live a a sinful lifestyle you can be saved and live just like a sinner you're going to miss out on blessings you're probably going to go to heaven early because there is just a price to pay for sin you won't hear god's word very well you won't you won't hear from the holy spirit very well because of that you won't walk in the blessings the living a sanctified lifestyle and living free of sin we don't do it to gain favor with god but we do do it as an act of worship towards god and a byproduct of that act of worship is that we are more in tune to the holy spirit and it is much easier to walk in the blessings because sometimes the blessing the blessings are conditional they're conditioned on where you are i've told the story before you know gina and i we pastored down south we lost our church um, because of the right after that i lost I was a Bible teacher. I lost my job at the school where I was teaching. Suddenly I had no income and all of the bills, not only our personal bills and our personal mortgage, but all of the church bills and the church mortgage. And legally I was bound to the church mortgage. We went bankrupt just, I mean, (laughs) faster than you could snap your fingers. And um, I was not well pleased. I was a little bitter. Uh, And that's an understatement. I didn't give up on God, but I was very clear with God. I love you. Looking forward to going to heaven. But if I never talk to another Christian, I'm totally cool with that. I don't care if I ever go to church. I don't care if I ever talk to Christians. They're hateful. They're mean. They're nasty people. And I just don't want anything to do with them. This church, had we not relocated to Indianapolis... Now, I'm sure God would have gotten a hold of me, and and I would have gotten back into a church at some point. But God used this body to draw me back in and bring me back into full-time ministry. Had I not lived in Indianapolis, I would have never been here to do that. Had we not been here to be part of this church, our daughter would have never met my son-in-law. I mean, our life would have been drastically different than what it is now my two grandkids from my daughter would not exist now she may she would have married someone eventually God may have found a way to get those two together I don't know but I know that my my blessing was here and if I wasn't here physically God moved in a lot of ways to get us here but he got us here but being being In fellowship with the Holy Spirit and living in communication with him really makes it a whole lot easier to do that. Second thing Paul says here is that we have been granted every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ there's there are specific and special blessings just for christians there's common blessings that fall on the just and the unjust jesus said in matthew 5 um he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rains on the just and the unjust there are some blessings that god just blesses even evil people things work out you know i've i've used the illustration i've heard it used many other times you can't look at somebody's bank account to determine whether they're walking in the will of god because there's a lot of drug dealers that have big bank accounts (laughs) and they're definitely not walking in god's will there are you know there are evil people there are cheats and liars that are financially successful but god will will there are just some things in the world that even if your heart's not right with god if you do certain things you can get certain blessings that's not what this is talking about these are blessings that are are specific just to um, the christian one of the reasons we've already read it was that verse in first john 4 17 because as he is, so we so are we in the world. He wants us to walk in these blessings so that we stand out and look different to the world, just like Jesus did. They're not just peculiar. They are, to, I mean, to the Christian walk. They're also progressive. Paul said it. You're there in chapter one of Ephesians. Jump over real quick to chapter four. And he has given us such blessings that in ephesians 4 14 he's talking about the body of christ and he's gone through the you know the 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 different parts of the ministry and he's given us the ministers the fivefold ministry starting in verse 14 so that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. That's what these particular blessings are doing. We learn to speak the truth. That's the word. It's what the Holy Spirit ministers to us because the Bible is not an encyclopedia of knowledge it's complete in the sense that the canon is closed it's not complete in the sense that it has every bit of information on every situation in life and you can just in fact i used to the first church i was involved in as an adult and we were just we were ignorant babies in christ but they had a they had this little parlor game they would play where they would just stand their bible up on its spine and let it fall open and you know the first scripture they saw that was for you well no (laughs) it doesn't work that way it's we need to know the word but the word is to help us to grow up and as we grow up we it's progressive I can walk in things today that I couldn't walk in when I was 20. I didn't have enough sense. In fact, I remember in my mid-20s, I had a motorcycle. I loved that little motorcycle. But I nearly killed myself a couple of times on it. And the last closed wreck I had, I had a guy back out on a highway, and I'm doing like 45, 50 miles an hour, and I, I saw myself... T-bone him, go right over the handlebars over his car. If I was lucky, I'd have gone over his car. If I hadn't, I'd have just smacked it and probably been dead on the spot. And I laid the bike down and and, um, fortunately didn't uh, scratched it up a little bit but didn't get hurt. I went home, parked it in the driveway or parked it in my yard and put a for sale sign on it. Last time I've ridden a motorcycle, and I said then I will I will never ride a motorcycle again until I have enough sense to ride it like an adult, because I was an adult, but I was still acting like a kid on that motorcycle, and I knew I was going to kill myself if I kept it. Well, I could do that today. Now I don't really. Now that I can w- ride one, I don't really want to anymore, which is a horrible thing, but. There are some things that, as a Christian, I could walk in today that I couldn't walk in 20 years ago. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the, I wasn't equipped to do it. Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 3, says tells us why that's true. In 2 Peter 3, um, it's in verse 18. Well, let's back up to verse 17. That's where the thought starts. And here he's talking about, what we would commonly refer to as backsliding. He said, "'You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But,' and this is the course he sets out for the Christians, "'but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ,' To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. He's called us to grow in Christ. Well, if you go back to the first chapter of 2 Peter, he tells us exactly how to do that. Let's start in verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that second part of that first verse. We have the same faith that Peter had, exactly the same kind. But then in verse 2, he tells us why we have that. He said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given to us all things, That's very similar to what Paul said back here in verse 3, that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. But he says, He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, through those promises... You may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's those precious promises and a knowledge of those that we grow up and partake. That doesn't mean that you're not born again, because he's already said, you know, we've all, this is written to people who have obtained like precious faith. So these are, this is written to Christians, but there is a there is a a state of being one with christ being born again and then there's a state of starting to grow in your knowledge of who you are and what you can do and what those blessings are and how you can tap into those blessings now they're all ours i I love that and that he says he's given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness There's, There are, you know, I mean, I heard a pastor say one time, you know, that little word there in the Greek, all, it means all. We can't exhaust the list of the blessings. Go back to Ephesians, and I just want to tap a few things and then we're going to be done. Um, On over into Ephesians chapter 3. This is one of Paul's prayers. Let's back up into verse 14. It's verse 19 that I really want to look at. But he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That's part of this growing up principle. Because remember, he's already told us in chapter 1 that we've got every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That already is a fact, a spiritual fact, but there's there's a difference between... Being born again and having Christ dwell in you. Dwelling is, is, well, it's a difference between being married and estranged or being married and being happy. But we really have a choice. If divorce is not an option, then we have a choice. We can learn how to live together and be good, have it a good marriage, or we can just live together and be miserable. Well, that put the choice down to us. <laughs> We've got to find a way to get along. we got to find a way to walk in love towards one another. Well, that's what Paul's saying. He wants Christ to dwell in our hearts and that we should be rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He's wanting us to know Not just not just be a Christian and know that I'm going to go to heaven, but to be so filled that I comprehend. I love this. You know, in in our world, there are three dimensions. There's up, down, left, right, front, back. That's it. That's our three dimensions with time. But he goes beyond that. He goes width, length, depth, height. He goes for. There's a supernatural element here to knowing this love. But when we do, we can get filled with all the fullness of God. And then it's just a foretaste. If you go back to chapter 2, look at um, verse 4, still in Ephesians. He says, but God... "...who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." But then verse 7 is the key. "...that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus." We have all of these blessings now. And we can start tapping into all of these blessings through the power of the Spirit to the point where we are filled with all the fullness of God and we we fully comprehend the love of God which that's that right there is an amazing statement. But even the greatest Christian that ever lived. And personally, I think that's probably going to be the Apostle Paul. Don't know of anybody that had a greater revelation of God than the Apostle Paul did. But even that, we still don't. It's going to take all eternity. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness. God's got so many blessings for us, it's going to take eternity to pour them out. I don't know about you, but I'm that gets me to the point where, you know, when I, I look around and I think it's almost time for Jesus to come back. For years, I've, I've always said, well, Lord, I've still got some things I want to do. I've still got people I want to see saved. But I'm almost to the point now where it's, I just go with what the Apostle John said. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. I'm ready to go. I, th- this, that's exciting to me. I mean, I've, I've been to some pretty nice marriage banquets. The marriage supper of the Lamb, seven years. Seven years we're going to have a banquet. Through the whole tribulation period, we're going to be in heaven just one continuous party. I'm looking forward to that. And then we've got the millennial reign where we're going to come back and actually live on earth for a thousand years with no curse, where, you know, you plant a garden and there's no weeds. I've, I've loved gardening, but I hate weeds. I don't garden much now because I don't want, want to have to mess with the weeds. It's going to be nice to have that. I mean, no sickness, no disease, no sin nature constantly nagging at you. And then we're going to go into the new heaven and the new earth after the devil's been judged. I can't even imagine what that would be like. I mean, even the laws of physics will be different. So it's it's just exciting to me when I read this and I think all these blessings are ours. And I look at my life and it's like, wow, have you tapped into any of them? And sometimes to be honest with you, I feel like, no, I really probably haven't. Not to the extent that I should have and not to the extent that I want to. But when I read that, it's like, wow, that encourages me to get on the ball. Let's let's see what I can do. I mean, I look at just this past year. You know, I I said it a couple of weeks ago from the pulpit. You know, December 10th, Gina dropped dead. Yet today she's. Alive, no heart damage, no brain damage, no problems. In fact, it really brought it home. I forget when it was last week. Carrie Fisher, exact same thing happened on an airplane. She had immediate help, started CPR. They went through, they were only 10 minutes from the airport, got her right onto an ambulance, got her to the hospital. Probably time wise, that's about the same time frame that Gina had. Same exact same thing happened she never regained consciousness she never she was always in critical condition and she lived a few days and then died that's how most people do when they have sudden cardiac arrests and then those that do live live with huge deficits tremendous heart damage tremendous sometimes tremendous brain damage from being lack of oxygen and here my wife i mean that's a blessing (laughs) it's an unbelievable blessing well anything i did I stood for her and I believed God to heal her, but it was God showed up. That's, that's exciting. and I want to see more of that. I want to see a lot more of that. Thank you so much for joining us. If this message has blessed you today, we invite you to visit us in person at Faith Community Church or online at FCCIndianapolis.com.